welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 53 of Ghostbusters. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm excited about this one. I am too. This is in um this is some of the this is some of the most fun that I had, I think, rewatching this movie in depth. I think so too. Uh, I mean, you know, Ghostbusters is a horror comedy, and growing up as a kid, I always kind of saw the action-adventure elements and was amused by it. I thought it was fun and everything, but then the older I get, the more drawn in I am by the comedic elements, and this is where they are really, really on display. I mean, the type of humor that is in this movie is probably uh, done better here than just about anywhere else. Yeah, We've talked before about how it's very difficult for comedies to hold up over time, that usually they're a product of their era. Ghostbusters is one, I think, that is kind of outside of that. There's a few comedies that are like that. I would think Some Like It Hot is one that's, you know, I can still watch it today and find it funny. Ghostbusters, yeah. I can still find it funny, and I didn't have to, you know, see it uh, or, or think of it in the mindset of, of when it was released. Because of scenes like this, because of character work like Rick Moranis is doing in these three minutes here. You know, the Louis Tully character is so bizarre uh, and he does, he plays it so well. It's just the minute that came before this, where he's walking around kind of alienating the guests at his party, telling yeah. them they're not really his friends. And then, you know what he's about to do to the two guests that show up here in a second is some of the funniest <laughs> stuff in the movie. So I would say that, you know, it's, it's been really fun rewatching this movie and trying to pick out little details in the background and try to figure out yeah. what actors been in what, but this was one where I just kind of like, you know, uh, it took me a long time to watch this because I was really having a great time just kind of like overanalyzing everything that he's saying and just, you know, dwelling on it for a while. Yeah. I would read the, you know, read the line and kind of like write it down and then I'd sit back and just kind of you know, just chuckle. It would just go over yeah. my head and I'd be like, man, this is really funny stuff. So, well, hey, if you're ready to get into it, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and do minute number 53. In the previous minute, we saw Lewis Tully making the rounds at his party after establishing that Dana Barrett had been abducted by a demonic force and seeing that both terror dogs had escaped from their gargoyle prisons. At minute number 53, after hearing his doorbell ring, Lewis Tully stops dancing with a beautiful woman and runs to answer the door. At 5304, Lewis answers the door and announces that Ted and Annette have joined the party. At 5309, Lewis takes the coats of Ted and Annette and announces to the party guests that Ted has a small carpet cleaning business in receivership and that Annette is drawing a salary from a deferred bonus from two years ago. He then announces that they have 15000 left on their house at 8%. At 53.20, Lewis opens up his bedroom door and throws the Fleming's coats onto his bed. Sitting in the middle of the bed is Vince Glortho in terror dog form. Lewis blindly throws the coats, the coats onto Vince's head, covering his eyes. Lewis closes the door without knowing what he has just done. At 53.25, Lewis walks away from the bedroom door and asks if anyone wants to play Parcheesi. A loud growl comes from the bedroom, bringing the party to a dead stop. Everyone looks in the direction of the growl. At 53.30, Lewis asks the room, Okay, who brought the dog? At 53.32, Vince Clortho bursts out of the bedroom door, sending splinters and shards of door all across the room. At 53.33, Vince crashes through the hors d'oeuvres table, completely obliterating the smoked salmon smoked salmon from Nova Scotia. At 53.36, the party guests scatter. Gene Kasem can be seen jumping out of a window. At 53.38, Vince growls at the guests and fixates his glare on Louis Tully, who screams and runs out of the apartment. At 53.42, Louis runs out into the hallway, followed by Vince Clortho, who again explodes the door in his exit. At 53.45, 
Lewis hits the elevator button as Vins is stunned in the hallway. At 5349, as Lewis jumps into the elevator, an elderly neighbor steps out of the hallway to see what all the commotion is about. As soon as she sees the terror dog, she turns and jumps back into her apartment. At 53.53, we cut to an exterior shot of Lewis running out at 5.50 Central Park West, screaming that there is a bear loose in his apartment. At 53.59, we see Lewis jump a wall, leading into Central Park. And thus ends minute number 53 of Ghostbusters, so uh, there's a lot of action going on in this one. You know, still with the comedy and everything, but this one's a little bit more slapstick because of what's going on with Vince Clortho entering the scene. So, But I love the way... Lewis just com- announces all of Ted and Annette's yeah. business as soon as they walk yeah. into the room. That's hilarious. All of their financial standing. Yeah, uh, and, you know, and fifteen thousand dollars left on a on a house at eight percent. That's not bad at all. That's that's pretty good. You, I mean, he sounds like he's a pretty good accountant if he was able to get him that. But I didn't understand how Annette was. <laughs> Drawing a salary from a deferred bonus yeah, from, two from two years, years ago. ago. <laughs> like that bonus couldn't have been too big. So is she like just drawing on like six thousand I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well in the uh Ghostbusters Wikia there is uh a little bit of info on it, but it breaks it down by categories and it says this is Ted and Annette's uh where they stand in like the primary canon. This is where Ted and Annette have their secondary canon, and this is Ted and Annette's financial standing. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, the uh Key and Peel used to like reference Ghostbusters here and there on their show. And there's one episode where Jordan Peele is uh, hosting a party and Keegan-Michael Key shows up in like a Michael Jackson costume. Yes, I remember this you know sketch. Yes. And he just keeps doing like terrible impersonations of him. Well, uh, he ends up leaving. And then as he's leaving, this might have actually happened at the beginning of the skit. Anyway, some, uh, a couple walks in and he says, hey, this is Ted and Annette, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neat little uh, reference. Uh, they, yeah, they had a lot of great references to Ghostbusters. I've missed that show so I know, much. I really wish they had done a couple more seasons before they went off to do Keanu. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for the last uh, minute and a half or so, we've just had so much comedy coming at us and so many details that we have to follow in Lewis's dialogue. And then all of a sudden he goes, opens up the door, and without even looking, throws the uh, jackets in on the bed, and there's the terror dog. So it's like really comes out of nowhere that uh that moment that scare so ted and annette fleming uh who are played by cheryl birchenfield and paul truffis so did you look him up on imdb i did nothing yeah he's, he's been in the renegades the renegades but that was it and this was annette's only appearance yeah yeah i was a little disappointed but whatever um uh, the characters also appear in the idw comic series uh, in issue number six. I love that they have this extended universe life as Ted and Annette. It seems like everybody yeah. just kind of like loves these two characters. It just kind of like I jump would really, in. I would love to, uh, I don't know, follow up with those two actors. Yeah. And just see, you know, how they've taken to their Ghostbuster, uh, you know, fame and everything. So um, one thing I noticed, and I've, I've always kind of noticed this watching the movie, but I wanted to talk about here is that Vince Clortho is kind of clumsy. You know, like when he bursts out of the bedroom door, he kind of like awkwardly falls onto the hors table. table and like kind of shatters it. Like his left arm is kind of extended, kind of weird. Yeah. And then after that, when he bursts out of the hallway to chase Lewis, he smashes his head onto the wall onto opposite. The wall, yeah. And I think the reason for that is because they wanted him to give him to give Lewis a little bit of time to get into the elevator. Yeah. So he smashes his head against the wall and is kind of stunned for a minute and he's kind of looking there. And then one of my favorite parts of the movie 
Lewis is stepping onto the elevator and the door opens behind him and this elderly woman yeah. kind of steps out and looks and goes, oh, and yeah. jumps back into her into her room. Uh, that actress's name was uh, Ida Rice Marin. And she right, was, so I looked all over for information for her. Yeah, she was also in Turner and Hooch, Don't Tell the Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and The Black Cauldron, which was this weird Disney animated movie uh, that I don't really suggest you go see just because it's boring as hell. But uh, she did a voice in that. So Where did you find information on her? Uh, I can't tell you. I, I can't reveal my sources, oh, but I can okay. tell you that uh, I am accurate. Well, the reason I don't want to do this because I don't want you to go find those sources, and then we both just talk about the same thing. Well, <laughs> the show works best when we come with different information. So uh, this scene, uh, I found some pictures of it in the uh, Ghostbusters Ultimate Visual History, and apparently the shot where they're throwing the jacket onto Vince Glortho's head, you can see Bill Murray standing in the background kind of watching as the effects what? supervisor... Uh, John Bruno tosses the jacket over onto uh, Vince Glortho's head. He was just on set that day. He was either on set that day or they were just kind of showing him like, because the lighting looks different in this shot. It looks like it's a fully lit room. So maybe they're just showing him like, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to throw a uh, shirt onto the terror dog's head and kind of make a buffoon of it. Which again, Vince Glortho is made out to be more of a comedic foil than Zool is. He's getting getting shirts tossed on his head. He's bouncing into places and knocking his head on stuff. He almost gets hit by a car in the next minute when he runs across the street. So I like it that Louis Tully's kind of a buffoon and Vince Clortho kind of seems like a buffoon yeah. too. Um so you know it's it's uh pretty evident up until this point that the building is sort of targeting uh Lewis and Dana specifically. Right. And to have uh Vince going you know one showing up in his apartment magically and two running past all these other people that he could devour or yeah. whatever and bust through the door, and then, you know, follow him downstairs. I guess he got in another elevator. Uh, is kind of the last example that you have that he is the one being targeted. Because after this, the next time we see him, he's transformed. He has no interest in anyone else at the party. You know, he's he affixes his gaze on Louis Tully. They have a low shot from almost like behind, or, you know, like three-quarter behind Vince Clortho's head, where you see him kind of follow Lewis as he runs out of the party, and the camera kind of pans along with That's his right, line of yeah. sight. Yeah. So uh, it is very apparent that they've made a decision that uh, Lewis Tully and Dana Barrett are the two people that they're going to possess. So, yeah. All right, great. Well, you got anything else for this minute? No, that's it for me. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at GhostbustersMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at GhostbustersMinute.com, Facebook.com slash GhostbustersMinute, Twitter.com slash GBMinute, and look us up on Instagram at GhostbustersMinute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.